and, and welcome back. Uh, this is episode 22 of Write That Shit Down, serial podcast between Ben and Dan DeGavage on their journey of writing their first film. Each episode, they talk about the process or lack thereof sometimes. And then they pivot and talk about a movie uh, that they've decided on and compare it with the screenplay to the final film. Are you and talking about fourth person right now? Is that a thing? Because <laughs> you're like they, and you're like it's you <laughs> saying it, uh, and everything else. I don't know what's happening right now. You're doing great. Keep going. I'm breaking down the fourth wall here. Yeah. <laughs> this episode, we're going to talk about our movie Hinterlands, and where we're at right around four, 40 pages, mm. which really we'll get into it. That a lot of those don't need to be there, and then we're going to talk about the 2003, I'd say cult classic, uh, Christmas holiday movie, Love Actually. Written and directed by Richard Curtis. So don't leave. Do not leave. Stick around. Write that shit down. Write it down. All right. So our movie. Is now at 40 pages. Well. <laughs> what? I said well. Well. Yeah, a lot of those. Doesn't need to be. Doesn't need to be. Exactly that. And like we talked about last time with the Goodwill Hunting of where they just condense the shit out of stuff. And I think what we've talked about is the linear progression of time. To me, when I'm writing this, I'm like, I need to show everything that's happening. But that's not how movies are made. because. You can make jumps and the audience isn't lost because they understand what's happening. And as we'll get to in Love Actually, well, they they kind of had carte blanche to do whatever. They're like, well, now this is happening. You're like, okay, cool. I'm yeah, just along for the ride, whatever. I don't know if we have that luxury necessarily. But so where we left it last time is that Peter was at this boarding school. He met this Dr. Spawn character because as we were flushing out the major beats, there, w- there needed to be this connection to get Peter connected to this academic world that he wouldn't have had access to. So he needs to be granted access to this somehow. So then we made that. And then it's like, okay, this connection now is going to get him to MIT, which is going to now get him into this other, other realm. So I went through and created that of where Peter joins this la- uh, uh, robot, <laughs> this robot group. and. Then he, and then he, uh, <laughs> is that the doors? I don't know. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> and then he, yeah. and then he walked on down the hall. So, and, and <laughs> then he proceeds to. <laughs> <laughs> then he, then he, and then, and then, and then uh, he proceeds to go to this robotics group that they're meeting. And then Dr. Spahn says, hey, I reached out to my person at MIT. He wants to talk to you. Here's his information. So Peter goes back to his dorm room, calls this guy uh, and says, hey, you should come up, take the train from <laughs> brackets boarding school. <laughs> we need the name said yeah. boarding school, um, which I don't know if we base it off of a real thing or just make one up. Xavier School for Gifted Children. Is that taken? I don't, I don't think so. It sounds original to me. <laughs> uh, so then he t- 
takes, you know, says, take the train up. And Peter's like, well, I don't think I can do that. And then, I don't know, this doctor's like, the MIT guy's like, can't you like visit colleges or something? That was the thing when I was, and it's like, oh yeah, you can do that. I don't know. It was just, I'm just clutching at straws. And then, uh, so then Peter jumps on the train for Boston and we could paint that scene. Arrives at the MIT campus, visits the this group, and there's this group of kids that are working on some tech or just problems that are in line with this said notebook. So he gets connected with them. And, and and part of me was thinking one of these people in this group could be friends with Sarah. So Sarah could be two, two or three years ahead of Peter. Yeah. That could be one option as a little tangential thing. And then that, and then, and then we have, after he learns about what this, this group is doing at MIT, then there's a montage of him going through and just applying himself and going to like these robotics competitions, doing his homework, getting awards, graduating with distinction. And then that's where I have it left at. One thing I kept circling back to is the notebook. And I sort of don't want anyone else to know about it. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking as well. Because then it, all these questions come up. Where'd you get this? Who's yeah. this? Why? Yeah. What is this? Yeah. And Peter can't answer. And then he's already like out to be a bad kid because he stole this thing. Yeah. The, the other thing for the, the Yogi interaction, maybe he goes into the garage once, doesn't take anything, just sees it. Then then later he catches a hair or, or Yogi disappears, right? So Yogi's gone and everyone's wondering where Yogi went. Then he goes back in the garage, sees that things are more advanced than where they were at before, sees that notebook, then takes it, but he doesn't tell anybody about it. He just asks questions about the the formulas. And people are like, why are you asking about that? He's like, oh, I'm just curious about. Yeah, yeah maybe he like transcribes some stuff off of it and like shows him that thing. And like this is, you know, he tries to get helps. He's trying to solve it. Yeah, that's better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think the other part too is I think whenever he's uh, see this is how we're gonna flush all this shit out for uh, the previous acts and stuff. I think we can have him not have shitty grades. He still has like perfect straight A's in high school because he's okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. His mom's not mad that he's like doing bad at school, and maybe that's part of the argument that he has with her too. He's like, but I'm getting good grades, and she's like, I don't care, kind of thing. She's like, you're capable of like that, so like you, you that's what you're going to continue to do. She's like, she just doesn't want him to get influenced by these bad kids, is the way that she sees him, but he doesn't see that way. And that's where their friction kind of comes from. Um, yeah. Like, you know, he's like ditching school. It's the same thing. He's like, he's like, like you shouldn't be ditching school. He's like, I'm, I get, I have a four point, whatever, two, or whatever, you know, how you can get like the extra thing. She's like, he's like, I get perfect grades. Um, yeah. I like that. And then to my comment of, oh, yeah, he's, he's on scholarship. <laughs> yeah. He's on scholarship. <laughs> Making it up as I go. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. That yeah. would make more sense. Right? Um, yeah. yeah. And I was thinking about it that, um, we because we want to tie in like his 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 dad's stuff to as well because i want to you know roy's the stepdad so maybe his dad died and there's like money left over from that and that's what they're going to use to like essentially send him to the boarding school mm-hmm. so like now she, he's like she's like yeah we're gonna send you here and it's like we're gonna use your dad's money and blah blah and he's basically like that's not for that you know he's basically it's for the other kids kind of thing so he's like i don't need it and she's like you need this but and there like, aren't there aren't other kids because those other kids she had with roy yeah but i'm saying like Oh, I see. I see. What you're saying. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, but I yeah, I like that um, tying that in. Mm-hmm. I can't, am I allowed to go and rewrite these first forty pages? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I should. Pro- I should probably be doing that too. But well, I mean, you know, you just have to make time for it. That's the ticket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to prioritize the things you want to do, and clearly, <laughs> you have been doing that. So uh, exactly. 
I'm like, what's your problem? <laughs> Get off my back. But I see that you got you actually logged in uh, and you entered the comments as I added you. I'm like, are you even in here? <laughs> I'm like, comments. Yes, you asshole. I read this thing. But uh, yeah. So I guess yeah, I'll go back and redo it. I think I think the biggest part is like I think if there's a scene in there, i.e., the one whenever he meets the students and it's just like the that that, that banter shit. It's, like, we get don't rid of it. exactly. We can yeah. we, we can condense that into. As much as I hate montages, I have to do that to show the progression uh, of time, essentially. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I guess you could do it less montagey, more just like what in that in that progression, what would be the beats that you would need? And you could have in it, you know, like smaller condensed scenes where it's not so. Just think of some some shitty eighties song over the top of it. Yeah. My baby takes a yeah. morning train. Yeah. But loose montage. We don't need a dance sequence or any of that shit. Like, yeah, yeah. Red McCormick. Dude, I'm adding Footloose to the list. Holy oh, shit. God. That's not a great movie. What do you mean? Did you see the new one? That's a terrible movie. No. What's oh god. One? It's the exact same thing. It's just remake. Yeah. Kevin Bacon pretending to be <laughs> yeah yeah he's got a fuck ton of Botox um no it's uh it's just new people and it's not good because you can't it's like it's basically the same thing as the original but the original was good because it was like had the right people and like it was 80s and it made sense like now it's yeah. just now you're like oh there's a there's a town in the fucking two like 2000 whatever that doesn't dance like it just doesn't make sense and how come everybody in that town knew how to dance? I don't they, What they are must, you doing in your own home? Like, they must they must have been dancing on the slide, uh, man. That also is the same with Red Dawn. They remade that and you're just like, no. That Red Dawn, the new remake thing isn't terrible, but the original is the original. Like the original is dope. Yeah, dude. Wolverines. Like, come on, man. Patrick Swayze. The Swayze. All right, bro. Love him. Yeah, so I'll I'll have to I'm gonna go back and, and rewrite. Rewrite! You're right. I think you should just keep pushing and then just stick here with your notes and then keep going. Because like I said, you're going to waste time because you're going to go back and rewrite that thing twice. Yeah, something else, right. something else is going to come up. I guess you're right. Yeah. Okay. It's just as I'm as I'm pushing, it's so boring. Oh, I know. And that's the right. thing. Is, yeah. But that's think of it like that. It's like it is going to be. It seems very boring to you because you're like, oh, like God, nobody's going to want to watch this. But then you just take the thing and you be like, chup, 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 chup. oh yeah, no, that's way don't better. Want don't want this. Don't yeah. want this. Yeah. Start, start trimming it out and like you know. Make it sleek. Yep. Um, question for you. Should we have a deadline for when we want this first draft to be out and done? End of the year. Just kidding. Hey, man. No. Yes. No. no. Yes. No. Why not? That's too fast. What do you mean that's too fast? Bro. It's a month. It's You're just going to put shit on paper. <laughs> that's what I've been doing. <laughs> Uh, okay, maybe okay. If if the end of the month is too ambitious, then let's say end of February. Yeah, that's good. Okay, end of Feb. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. If this first draft is not done at the end of February, your money back <laughs> from the free podcast. <laughs> well, speaking of which, buy our merch. Go to our Patreon. I'm just kidding. We don't have any. <laughs> well, we are gonna get some merch. We oh yeah, yeah. Didn't I? I sent you that link. Which link? The link to our. Um, Teespring. You sent me a lot of stuff. I don't pay attention. Yeah, to. I, that is apparent. End of February done. Okay. Anything else you'd want to talk about from what I laid out before? Which was 15 pages. You wrote 15 pages? Yeah. Of just tripe. Just, just gar- hot garbage. Hot garbage. 
No, I don't think so. Like I said, it's good. That's a wall. It was five. It was five pages. <laughs> yeah, right. There's always fifteen fucking pages. You liar. It always seemed more when you're at page thirty-five to forty. You're like, oh, that's fifteen, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Dog years. Dog pages. Um. Everything's <laughs> fine. Yeah, I don't think there's. Yeah, because next the next thing is essentially him going to college and now starting a college deal and then meeting Sarah, yeah. right? And we're getting right yeah. into it. Yeah. And then they can start to flush that out because that's like the actual genuine relationship you want to kind of build. Because it's one of those things like the first parts is the whole between the boys and everything. You're like, you want to build that relationship because you got to kill all those dudes off. And then um, the other people in the middle, you're like, I don't give a fuck about any of these people. You know what I mean? Like all the other people that interact with them and shit, you're like, who, who gives a shit? Dude. So it's like, no, I, I want to like, you're like, blah, 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 like, get on with it kind of thing. So, and I mean, you can, we could approach it from a character standpoint like that, where he's just like going through the motions too, until, until he meets her. And then he's like, whoa, life actually could mean something and it could be purposeful. Cause up until that point, he lost his dad, he lost his best friends, his mom thinks he's a piece of shit, sends him away. So he's kind of downtrodden. I think yeah. I think the whole like the the other part too is like we gotta keep the the notebook is a character in of itself kind of thing like I he, hey that, Peter <laughs> Peter come bring me bah, bah, bah. Oh, <laughs> ooh yeah turn those fingers oh jeez <laughs> it's a dirty dirty notebook <laughs> um, but like it so it cycles back to that and that's like his motivation of him like trying to like he's learning new stuff to like figure out that piece so he's like figuring it all out. So it's kind of a, and maybe that new notebook, even those formulas and stuff like help him get to where he's going to be going. Yeah. 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 All right. Okay. Now let's talk about one of my favorite movies. I'd say top 20, maybe. I'd say top. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Top 20. Love Actually, 2003 film, written and directed. Again, writer and directors. Yeah, dude. It's been a theme on the top movies and it's just interesting that this uh, was this was his directorial debut right i don't think so look it up like feature film huh oh directorial yes yeah, directorial is what I said. yes yes yep yep no no four weddings and a funeral oh he's a writer crap yep you're right <laughs> <laughs> so he did yeah he wrote four weddings and a funeral bridget jones's diary and and for mr bean Oh, classic. classic. Rowan Atkinson makes a couple appearances. Key critical appearances, too. I think so. So, I don't know if we can necessarily talk to this movie in the linear fashion because it is very uh, vignette and kind of random. What I would maybe like to focus on are the different relationships. Yeah, that's exactly how I kind of have it written down, essentially, because it is... uh essentially an anthology is but it's like interwoven with different those stories kind of inter intersect and do different things so the way i look at it is like you just get everything up on a wall and like there's red string connected to all these different things and you're like holy shit like it's all those places there's other movies that have done something similar it's like do you remember that valentine's day movie no i don't know yeah. wait with uh taylor swift and uh that wolf boy i don't know yeah. <laughs> wolf wolf man Wolf uh, man, man, Jack. Um, the the it's <laughs> my it's my radio voice. That's your uh, radio yeah. voice. That's the best one you got. You don't remember Wolfman Jack? Yeah, I remember Wolfman. Hey, it was Wolfman Jack with the the device. No, the radio voice is. Hey, you guys are listening to WKRP, but that's the, the, the high <laughs> name thing. 
And then the, the roller ring DJ thing was like the, hey, kids, you know what time it is. It's time for the dice game. That's right. We're going to play the music. Once it stops, you're going to roll the dice. And then you drop it in octave. And then you're like, hey, welcome to the main stage, Cinnamon. So you can be like roller rink in the day. And then hey, club yeah, at night. Yeah. Everything works out. Anyway. Everything works out. I got, I got futures. I got, I got plans for the future uh, to have a roller rink strip club. It's going to be great. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but seriously, patent pending. <laughs> Um, but other movies have tried to do it uh, like that. Blade, uh, Blades and Babes. Oh, bruh. Seven. Okay, all right. We're scrapping the movie. Is it a male review? <laughs> is it a male review? It could be Thursday night's male review. Uh, scrap this whole movie idea. We're going into business. But other movies have done this. Uh, like, but they're just not. They're 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 not as good because this movie is just very genuine, uh, and it just feels natural. I think is 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 why it kind of flows. Even the way that the screenplay, uh, we talk about this every time, but they cut it up differently. But this one is cut way differently. Like way all the scenes are the same, but it's all just the progression of, of how that how that looks and how it works. And, and I think how they're I, cut from one to the next. Yeah. yeah. And I think the movie does a good job of kind of keeping it kind of linear. They take out, they leave a couple of things out. We'll talk about that uh, as well. But yeah, I think the omissions were, it was, well, first of all, it was difficult to track because of that, that yeah. skipping and jumping. I yeah. mean, you know, you can get the screenplay that we worked off of at WTSDpod.com, uh, download the PDF, and then follow along if you can, because it, it jumps quite a bit. Because, I mean, the biggest thing is you, which makes sense, you open up with um, Billy Mac recording his track, which would have had to been done in like, you know, the summertime in order yeah. to be like, <laughs> yeah. rendered, you know what I mean? And yeah, like, uh, yeah, <laughs> they're like, oh, it's just coming out like right now. It's six weeks because this is the whole countdown, essentially six weeks but, from that to Christmas. Right, right. So then it starts with that where the movie is a bit di- or the screenplay is a bit different. Which yeah. is, well, the, the the movie and the screenplay start as the opening scene is just the 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 people in the airport. It was like genuine actual people uh, that are going there. They also make a nine eleven reference, which is they do. Yeah, it's like two years after having, but it's not like. It's not like super egregious. It like flows. You're like, oh, this makes sense. Like it's talking about love, sense. right? Yeah. It's, it's all, all about love. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that was two years after that, yeah. which I think at that point, you know, people were, no, I wouldn't say fully healed up, but just, you know, it was less of a, I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so yeah, the movie starts with that piece, but like I said, it, it the whole thing, like I talked about though, it's just like the countdown to Christmas, essentially. And like you said, we can't really talk about this the way that it goes in the movie. I mean, we could, but it would be like, again, you're just jumping around from scene to scene. But just so we can just, I mean, shorten it down and kind of flush out, like like you said, like, like you talked about the relationships and how those all kind of interconnect uh, and everything else as well. Uh, and then there's a couple like deleted scenes. Uh, for instance, like whenever Jamie, uh, did, okay, by the way. OK, sorry. So Jamie, uh, his wife or his girlfriend is in the, in the house in the movie. He's, she's in the house and he's like, all right, bye. I got to go to this wedding. She's like, oh, I'm six. I'm going to stay here. And then he dips out. It doesn't show any of that stuff in the screenplay. Screenplay just shows him at the wedding. And, and then he comes, he comes back and then his brother is there. Uh, and it turns out like he's, you know, banging his uh, girlfriend or whatever. The screenplay makes it seem like that is the same chick. So Mel is her name in the screenplay. In the screenplay, the chick that works for Harry is also called Mel. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I don't I, I don't know if their intention was that. I mean, obviously, it's that to be the same person, which is kind of weird. Uh, so the Mia thing makes sense. It like it it yeah. That's why I was wondering why they were referring to her as male. That makes more sense now. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't go that route. Yeah, I like the I like the Mia part of it because it's like kind of separated essentially. <clears throat> and then the whole there's a couple other deleted scenes where Mia 
and Mark are connected because they, uh, with the art gallery and some other things, she knows a friend. That's how she gets the the venue for the, because Mark's like her friend. She gets the venue for uh, the Christmas party and all the other stuff. And like, that's the kind of interconnection, which you never really see that. The only part you notice is whenever he's going to go talk to Harry's going to talk to her and he's like, Oh, I don't want to bother your boyfriend. She's like, Oh, it's not my boyfriend kind of thing. Yeah. That's the kind of reference that they kind of make. So I don't know if they actually film those parts and all the other other things and they just cut them out. I don't, I don't know, but uh, they kind of skip over uh, some of those. Uh, so there's a couple of relationships that were that, that we know the people, but they're just not connected essentially as, as, as well uh, as they were in the screenplay uh, from there. <clears throat> so yeah, you can just go on. Yeah. The rest if you want. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the major relationships that I had um, were the prime minister, um, David, and then Natalie, Jamie and his housekeeper, Aurelia, Colin and the American ladies. I don't know if you'd call that a relationship. But well, there's Colin and Tony. Yeah. I guess Colin and Tony too. Uh, Jack and Judy. Yeah. Or John, and, John and Judy. <laughs> Harry and Mel. And then Harry and his wife, uh, Sam and Daniel, which I think is the best. Oh, I agree. I agree. Like okay. that. It's, yeah, that that one, that one's good. I also like I like I like um Karen and uh Harry's uh, relationship as well. Yeah. Uh, just cuz it seems like that very real uh, the way that it's written. So. Right. And then Billy Mack and his manager Joe, Joe, um Mark and Juliet, unrequited unrequited unrequited. I unrequited. <laughs> love that was not reciprocated. Unreciprocated. Sure. That's sure. <laughs> Uh, and then Sarah and Carl. That's what I have. Yeah. 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 And then you start like throughout this whole thing, other people are kind of somewhat slightly interconnected as well. Like Daniel and Karen are connected because I think they're friends. Karen and the prime minister. So David are connected because they're brother and sister. There's a couple other like uh, cross kind of things. I think Tony is the guy that works on the set with John and Judy. Yeah. So that there's like all these little like small kind of connections in between uh, throughout uh, are there as well. There's also the uh, who's oh God, what, who plays the president? Son of a bitch, uh, Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he's he's in there as well, uh, which is again is I don't know part of it. So apparently this whole thing was written uh, with Jamie. He had a whole screenplay about Jamie and a whole screenplay about the prime minister, and then he combined the two to make this movie. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I mean, I could see those two becoming fully fleshed out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because you're you're like. You have the juxtaposition of two people that are in different stations in life, but also just different roles within the dichotomy of a power struggle kind of a thing. You know, I, yeah, that makes total sense. But I'm, and, and I mean, too, a rom com that's two hours and 15 minutes, you're like, that's unheard of. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's like 45 minutes longer than most things need to be. But it's like, because there's so much story to talk about, there's so much stuff that kind of gets interwoven. Yeah. And I think to your point, like the the thing that I liked is just that the dialogue is so natural between all of these people and where they're at, like your reference to Harry and Karen's relationship, even when it gets bad from the whole cheating, cheating thing, it's still just the way a normal person would react in that situation. Like it's a normal British person. American would probably be a bit more yelling and stabbing. (laughs) Is it, is it it endearing because it's British people? Would this be different? if It was American people. I don't know. I think you're probably right. I think it would be because it's, I think maybe as the American audience, we're pulled in because that's not our world. And then it's like, we're getting the curtain back on a whole different culture and also all these different relationships. But it's, it's so the good part is, is like, so one, you're, you're jumping around 
you know, jumping around in between the different scenes and stuff, but you also have to show some kind of time progression. So the fact that it's interconnected to the countdown to Christmas thing makes it that part is easy. So now you can kind of like just drive the story. So like the, the timeline is kind of driving itself and you guys are just kind of playing catch up essentially. But the thing is, is like, it's literally dude, so, so jumpy, but it's not annoying. Right. Like you're like, Oh, right back to this, right back to this. Like there's you know, just chop, chop to the next thing. And you want you get started with that. And then it just kind of goes, uh, and everything feels like normal, essentially. And, um, and I, I don't know if like, cause reading the screenplay, it, it feels a lot more dragged on than how they've, how they finally produced it. Yeah. Like, and I think, I think it's because how they laid out the what's happening and then what's happening, because it was like, Oh, okay. I mean, there were a couple bits where it was like this scene was followed by the next scene. There was a very few of those, but in, in the, the whole thing of as I was reading it, I'm just like, man, this is this kind of feels like it's dragging on because of how they paced it and when they were jumping from one to the other. But the way that they filmed it and edited it, it was just so much better. Yeah, I agree. There's like the other part, too, is like the, the very beginning piece is like there's all this like exposition that happens just because you have to like show all these like things like what say so you're jumping right in the middle of these people's lives. Yeah, but it just feels kind of natural stuff like. Uh, where Daniel's like at the wet, you know, at the funeral, essentially. So now you or you know, or whenever he calls Karen and Karen's like, oh, sorry, I can't talk to you. He's like, I know, I'm, you know, sorry, apologies. You know, your wife just died kind of thing. She's like, oh, he's got, you know, his wife died. Then it shows him the funeral, it shows all the stuff. You know that he's the stepdad to Sam and all that thing. So it's like that instantly kind of builds uh, that piece of it. The prime minister's just taking over as well, which I had to look up the date of when it changes. I'm like, that seems weird that it's December. So I start to look it up and all the other previous ones were in July. And I was like, what the fuck? And then I go back and I think Tony Blair took over in like November 28th. And I was like, oh, that's six weeks of Christmas. I was like, okay, maybe that's what they're basing it off of. So anyway, uh, it is, it is, it is somewhat believable uh, with those, with with those pieces. Yeah. It's like just enough exposition essentially to initiate and kind of jumpstart that piece. And then you kind of like, now you the character is going to take over from there and you kind of continue. I really love the, the Jack and Judy because it's like those are just inner space like it, and there's like a lot of comedic relief like with colin and the american girls uh with jack and judy it's just the inner spice like boom and it's just like the funny like you know i love the jack and judy thing specifically just because it's the whole like oh he's awkward he doesn't want to ask her out but he's literally naked he's like grabbing her boobs and stuff and, and everything you're like shit so apparently whenever whenever, it's on, whenever it was on like uh tbs or they doing like that i didn't realize i mean it makes sense they just cut the whole jack and judy storyline out yeah but it's just so funny like the one just at the end you're like who are these two people they're getting married <laughs> yeah like what, what the hell the whole thing when they're like the so they're standing for like a, a a movie with like the nude scene or whatever and they're just having a regular conversation <laughs> like traffic was murder yeah, and he's like asking her out and then he's like yeah i'm usually very uncomfortable and she's like sitting on his fucking face <laughs> It's so good. Oh, it's so funny. It's unnecessary uh, boob shot. There's yeah. Two, two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There is. Oh, yeah. Oh, Laura Linney. Laura Linney. Yeah. for a few seconds. Yeah. So then there's there's Mark the Mark Mark and Peter uh, are another relationship where they're kind of friends and stuff. That but doesn't it, really get its due. You know what I mean? To show, to show the the struggle that uh, Mark has with his uh, relationship with his friend's wife now. Right. Yep, you don't yeah, yeah. like how, how, I mean, I guess you kind of do in the beginning when he's like in the, like no, no funny business. Right. It's like, no, no, no. And then he has that whole music thing queued up, but 
other than that, there's not really much of that relationship. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's maybe they do that because, and like I said, there is there is a discrepancy. Some people think they're like, oh, well, now Juliet's going to go and be with Mark after the whole little like sign thing, or whatever. But I think she's just basically he's basically acknowledging like, hey, I'm going to move on from this just so you know. And then like they become, I think they're that's like their acknowledgement of you know they're just friends now, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so like that, that, I think maybe it's because you, you want, you don't want Mark to look like a bad guy per se, because if you build that relationship with it, well, up with him and Peter, uh, that's what it is. Mark is, that's Rick Grimes, right? Or not Rick Grimes. Is it, yes. Yes. Is it? Is his last name Grimes? Whatever. No. no, that's, no that's <laughs> Frank, Frank Grimes. Grimes. Yeah, that's uh, it. Okay. Yeah. Coral. Yeah. Coral. Yeah. Okay. I it's, never finished that show. Yeah, it stopped after they killed uh, Glenn. I was like, we're done here. I was like, Straight up, dude. Like, eat shit. Oh. You guys, you, you I, I think I stopped when they, <clears throat> they had that one guy with the baseball bat. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the scene. Yeah. Yeah. So they, oh, like, was, three, yeah. they killed three people. Yeah, that was Glenn. And yeah. I was like, I'm done. Because Glenn was my favorite character. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that yeah. was fucking awesome. So, yeah. anyway. Uh, that, that, that but, just yeah, that, that is uh, Walking Dead star. And Jack is uh, from The Hobbit or whatever. Martin Freeman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you watch the? Uh, you watch the Sherlock's with? Uh, no, absolutely. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Cumberbum. Yeah. Yeah. The Pingling. Yeah. Uh, so he plays John Watson in that, mm-hmm. which does so really well as well. So uh, that, yeah. I don't know if I necessarily finished that either because each episode is like a movie. It's so it's good. like an hour and a half for each episode. Yeah. yeah. So like yeah. Yeah. So really just love actually is a two hour romp. I don't know why. Uh, so it's a, it's a two hour movie into the life of these British characters and they're just going through their relationships. Yep. Um, I like the, so the, when the prime minister meets Natalie for the first time and you like instantly fall in love with Natalie just cause she's like, so cute. She, she's the shit, and she's like, "Oh fuck, I fucked it up." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Uh, it's very, it's, it's very, it's very funny to me uh, with that. And then the other relationship is the Harry and Mia. Yeah, is, is like it's one of those things. I'm like, man, Mia's just like chucking it on there. And the whole thing, apparently, they there's a controversy where people are like, "Well, did he really cheat on her because he just bought her a necklace?" And then the writers later confirmed they're like, "No." in the background, like they weren't going to show them like having, but he's like, yes, they actually, they actually uh, had a physical relationship as well. Um, Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, you want, it's one of those things like that kind of the way that she's flirting with him and everything else, she's not just going to be waiting. So she's going to probably turn it up. Especially when she gets a necklace, she does all the things. And that was Karen when she's like, you know, is it a necklace? Is it a necklace in sex or is it a necklace in love? Yeah, 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 and then um, that's why whenever we show them later, uh, and it's been like a month afterwards, they're still together. But it's like you can tell that it's like they're working straight, through whatever. Yeah, yeah, there was some talk of having a sequel made that was going to focus on that relationship most specifically. That was before Helen Rickman passed. Yeah, so I don't know if that's still in flight or what they're planning to do with that. But well, I mean, you can't do it without Alan Rickman. So. Oh, dude, so good. But yeah, I think the my, for me the best relationship is just Sam and Daniel because like you know they they're both dealing with the shared grief and then he's thinking that his son is like shooting heroin but he's just in love and not knowing what to do with it so a bit relieved but then they're both on the you know the the mission to to get it sorted out and then Sam starts to learn how to drum and basically figures out what rhythm is in six weeks. Good on you, kid. I guess who knows. And then he gets, you know, 
professes his love in a note at the airport. Um, and then that's where we get Rowan Atkinson blocking, blocking. Yeah. Security guy. Well, that's the thing. So that's uh, speaking of Rowan Atkinson. So he's in there with the part whenever Harry's trying to buy the necklace. And the whole thing is like, you know, he's delay. It's like he's putting his little third flourishes in. He's doing his things. And it's like very, like, very, it's very funny. But in the screenplay, he mentions after he's finished and then he walks away, Harry walks away. And then Rowan says whatever his character's name is, because he doesn't actually have character. He just says, oh, that was close. So he was doing all that to prevent him from getting the necklace. Like he was trying to like stop that from happening. So like he's kind of like an angel, if you will, because then fast forward, he's also at the he's also at the airport and he does this whole like, oh, hands on all this stuff. And he looks over and he gives like the wink to uh, to Daniels as, as as he leaves. And then Sam makes it through the, the airport or whatever. So like he's kind of there as like what is supposed to be like a like an angel kind of guiding yeah. things, whatever. So and and for those of you that don't know who Rowan Atkinson is, you oh, do. Mr. Bean. <laughs> Uh, and, and as I was saying, um, with Richard Curtis, he actually wrote mis- on the Mr. Bean TV show. So that's probably where that relationship started. The, uh, there's a, there's a deleted scene or not a deleted scene, but the screenplay has a scene with Daniel and Sam. And there's like porn on a computer. Did you read that thing? Mm. Okay. <laughs> so it's essentially, uh, it's, uh, he's Daniel's looking up, uh, something about it's Nicole Kidman in the movie. It ends up being, um, Claudia Schiffer. Claudia Schiffer. But through the screenplay, they refer they refer to that same kind of concept, but they just say it as Nicole Kidman. So he looks up Nicole Kidman, and then he looks up Nicole Kidman naked, naked, and then anyway, all these pop ups like come up and all this stuff, and it's like going all insane, and it's like basically like sex with animals is how it ends. And he like closes he closes the computer because the doorbell rings, and he goes downstairs, and it's his father in law, so it's like his dead wife's father has shown up, and she's he's basically like, um, hey, what are you what are you what are you doing like right now? And you know, he's like he just wanted to check on himself. He's like, oh, how's things? He's like, oh, it's great. Uh, I got the computer to work. I'll show you this new link, this thing, whatever. So he's like, oh, let's open up your computer. And he's like, oh, no. And he opens it up and it's all these things. And then and then Daniel's like, oh, my God, what has Sam been doing? Kind of thing. Like, so the, <laughs> then it, cut, it cuts to him in Sam's room. And he's like, he's like, and then it's, it's the initial thing. is like, Sam's like, well, I'd rather have 100 pounds. And he's like, what about 50? He's like, no, let's give me 100. He's like, okay, 100 pounds. He's like, you come downstairs. He's like, you just do whatever. I, you just have to say yes to whatever I to whatever I tell you. So then it shows him come back downstairs, and he's like, Sam, get down here. And then he comes down, and he's like, Were you looking at this? He's like, Yes. And he's like, You know, why are we doing you know all these things? He's just like, Yes. And he keeps saying yes, and he's gonna get his hundred. He's gonna get his hundred pounds or whatever. Uh, so then, like, they show him like later at the uh, ATM, and he's like grabbing it out and hands it to him. He's like, Good job out there, kid, or whatever. And like that little part. So like that was completely obviously left out of the movie, but I thought it was a. Uh, I don't know. I totally missed that. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was pretty funny. The other part they got left out of the screenplay was the whole. So Bernie uh, is kind of a. Uh, so Karen's kid Bernie is more of a. Um, uh, has more of a role in the screenplay, and then it's kind of him getting in trouble, uh, writing writing an essay about farts or something. Uh, and then Karen goes to the school. She's like, "Well, this is bullshit." So they end up leaving, and she's just like, "I'm super proud of you. Like that's funny. Keep you know doing that. Sh- kind of encouraging him to do that piece, or whatever." But then it shows the headmistress of his school goes home now and she has she has uh what i i mean it sounds like uh that she has like a wife uh or like a long-term relationship essentially but then that that woman is sick and she's dying so it's like the whole like later on they kind of say it like to hey thanks for being you know they acknowledge some of the stuff but it's basically like that kind of relationship between uh her and that woman and then none of that is in the screenplay obviously uh which it was one of those things i'm like i don't and I, it's probably just because it's a very small thread that they were, they were probably like, we got to, it's, I don't want to say cut for time, but you know what I mean? It's like, uh, what, what did it really going to add? 
Man, I didn't I didn't get the whole sick part. I just thought that was some sort of sexual thing between the headmistress. I'm like, oh headmistress, is that like some some dominatrix thing? No, she was like in bed sick. She brings uh, all the sausages and stuff, and then they're like talking about things and they're laughing yeah. and the whole thing. And then later on it's basically yeah, she ends up dying. I think that would be that was fine to omit. Like that wasn't yeah. losing anything from in, yeah. in, introducing this whole new character and this whole another thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's probably the same case with the father-in-law too, because then you're like, oh, okay, well now I have to explain who this person is and yeah, yeah, jump people up. Yeah. So Sarah and Carl. Well, so apparently, I, my whole time I'm wondering, I'm like, was she supposed to be American the entire time? And apparently, whenever the whole time they were casting the uh, thing for Sarah, they're like, we just need somebody like Laura Linney, like that's what they wanted. And they're like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> like, <laughs> just call Laura Linney. And then now the Laura Linney type. Yeah, we need a Laura Linney type. And then so she ends up being. Uh, being in there, but like that whole kind of relationship with her and her brother, because uh, her brother's like, you know, um, I'm assuming in some kind of facility, but then she's basically like tied to that. So it's like preventing her from having any kind of relationships or whatever uh, with her because she's in love with Carl. And, you know, basically that whole scene with her and Harry, she's like, how long have you worked here? Uh, this long, this long, how long have you been in love with Carl? Two years, seven months, 20 hours, and then 30 minutes, I suppose. <laughs> like I thought. Like everybody knows. Does Carl know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Carl, Carl, Carl knows. Yeah. That was so good. And then, I mean, they, they almost seal the deal, but then get interrupted. And then there's another final scene where they're just kind of, you know, this is what's never going to happen. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah. She's in love with her brother too much, I guess. Yeah. And, they, too, and they never, they never, like, you know, a month later and stuff, they show all the relationships that are still kind of together and that are blossoming. And she's not one of them. Right. So that's sad. Yeah. So the the prime minister thing with Natalie, and then so Natalie has the exchange with the American president, and now he's basically like, oh, reassign her kind of thing. And then he gets her Christmas card. Like these are all like this, you know. Again, I and I don't know if they wrote these as like separate individual scenes and like storylines. They had to, and then they just smacked it all together, interwove it, uh, which makes sense, I guess. Uh, but now he's basically gonna go find her, and he just knows what street she's on, so he does the whole like, well, I don't know what room. So he's going around knocking on the doors and like, would you sing us a carol? And then the little girls. <laughs> Less love, yeah. <laughs> and then his driver starts or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he eventually finds her. But then now they're all culminating. Essentially, everybody's now going to that concert uh, with all the yeah. lobsters and the whales. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a lot of legs, David. Yeah, it's a lot of legs. Um, <clears throat> like, wait, I'm the second, I'm the first lobster. Wait, there was more than two lobsters at the <laughs> president of the birth of Jesus. And then you see these kids having this concert or whatever. Or this pageant, and like, there's that Spider Man. Yeah, he's just with the crown of the Spider Man. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, it's just so random. Uh, yeah, and then David and Natalie get exposed there because um, they're making out after the curtain drops. Yep, and then that's just what it is. And then I, and then the tie back after the, you know, the month or whatever when he's arriving from the airport. Which is kind of like, oh, yeah. we're, we're all you people on the same flight. <laughs> yeah, everyone was on the exact same flight. Like, uh, when he gets, when and then does the prime minister back. fly commercially? Like, what the hell? Anyway. Uh, when David gets back, Natalie runs and jumps on him. I really like that scene. And then, and then he goes, you're heavy. You're <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the concert thing. So it's Sam's uh, love, Joanna, uh, is there. She's the one singing and stuff. And then we go through the whole, like, I like the whole last part of the scene thing where they're like, we have to find her. Let's do the things. And then he cuts through the airport and he does his whole thing. Uh, but it's like, 
anticlimactic. And then she shows back up. She walks all the way back down through the gate and then kisses him. Yeah, that was like a 30 minutes. I'm like, yeah, you were literally just about to get on your flight. So you missed your flight. Okay, cool. I'm sure your parents are fucking happy about that. There was a little bit more of an interaction between the parents. And that I noticed. This is Sam or whatever. Yeah, yeah, because then you're like, oh, she's talking about him too uh, as well. Uh, um, so we haven't talked about the man Bill Nye and his portrayal of Billy Mac. Oh God, yes! Oh my God, Billy Mac, great character. Is <laughs> he like so... a washed-up rock and roller who really doesn't care about anything? Oh, dude, yeah, there's so many good scenes like where he's just ripping on the one dude's like the blue, like the new guy, and then like he does. I got you a felt tip pen, and he draws the fucking. We have little pricks, and I. Uh, we got kids in the audience. Bill. Oh yeah, kids, listen to your uncle Bill. Don't buy drugs. Don't, don't buy drugs. Become a rock star, and they give them to you. <laughs> and I think we're cutting. <laughs> I think we're gonna cut the commercial break. Yeah. And so it's yeah, it's a washed up rocker who's forced to do this Christmas album um, where they take a a, tr- a song he already made, and, and he's like, even the crassness of when we fit uh, another syllable in the fourth line. Yeah. <laughs> If you really love Christmas, Christmas, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, good. The, uh, the, I like the way that it's like, like I said, interconnected throughout the whole thing. So there's a couple people like watching him on TV, and then at the very end, he's like doing his whole naked dance thing, and that's what allows Sam to kind of hop the barrier, uh, kind of at the end uh, as well. But then he gets all that success, and he gets all the things. He's about to go party with Elton John. He decides to go back and hang out with Joe, his uh, manager, which. Uh, I think it was good. So it says you're the love of my life, and he's like, "Geez, you've been at Elton John's for two minutes, and you're gay as a maple." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, such a good movie, and I mean, it's a movie where you go watch it a lot, and it doesn't get because it's so it's so for being two hours. I mean, it's very quick paced, quick yeah. paced, and yeah. the whole the whole Jamie and Aurelia thing. Um, oh yeah, we can move. Oh it's, man, it's so good of just how the, the the communication and they're they're like somehow talking about the same thing, but yeah. not, it's so great. Yeah, like the part whenever she gets back and she jumps in the water, she gets all the uh, she gets all the papers and they come back in and they're drying off and stuff. And he's like, "I'm sorry." She's like, uh, "Maybe I'll make you a character in my book." She's like, "Oh, you can make me a character in my book." He's like, oh, "And give me fifty percent of profits." And he's like, "And five percent of the profits." <laughs> and like the, the back and forth. Uh, and then they both go and learn the separate languages. Like she goes to learn a little bit of English. She goes to learn some Portuguese and stuff. And then the whole scene with the whole fucking town, like following down. <laughs> He's going to kill a really. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. And then she asked, you know, he asked her and stuff. And then, yeah, they're all together. And then she comes back. She's like, Oh, his friends are, you know, your friends are so just like, maybe I picked the wrong Englishman. And he's all like, she doesn't speak English. She doesn't, yes. doesn't know what you say. Uh, oh man. Colin Firth, man. He's yeah. so good. Yeah. Yeah, it's like all of those. And then Colin himself when he's, oh. like, he's like, I'm I it's like I gotta go to he's talking to his friend Tony. He's like, I gotta go to America. It's like the British girls are too stuck up. It's like it's like and then they'll I have a cute British accent. It's like, yeah, but you don't. He's like, I do, darling, I do. Yeah. And then yeah. he gets he lands and he picks Wisconsin, which okay, whatever. Yeah. He goes to a random bar and then then there's you know, these three beautiful women in there. I like how the, they do the whole three. They're like, we got to stay in the house. It's like, we only have the one bed. He's like, oh, but there's going to be even worse trouble. It's like, oh, what about Harriet? And it's like, yeah, she's the sexy one. And he's like, what? there's a fourth one. Yeah, he's like, okay. Uh, and then it turns out to be, uh, what's her nuts? Uh, the one from America. Yeah. yeah. Which, which, then she has like, she has a, a southern accent. And you're from Wisconsin. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, come on. No, just don't. Come on. And, and then, then Denise Richards. Denise Richards. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, right. Jeez. 
That's supposed to be your friend? Good lord. Anyway. Yeah. So, and then he's like, he gets that boy when he's going, he's like a backpack. He's like, chuck a block full of condoms. <laughs> chuck a block full of condoms. Watch out, here comes Colin, and he's got a huge yeah, knob. Yeah, that was like, they, they, that was like added, I think. Obviously, the screenplay didn't have that, but that's a good line. So good. I mean, if you haven't seen it, it's, I don't think we've ruined it for you, but it's, it's a great movie that I watch every, every year. Yeah, it's, and that's the thing is it's good because it's one of those things. It's not like I'm like, oh, geez, I want to watch. You know, if somebody mentions it like around Christmas time. I'm like, fuck yeah, dude, let's watch it because like I like I I enjoy the movie uh, very much. So yeah, hats, hats off to Richard Curtis. Yes, well done, sir. Kudos to you. Great movie. The first time I watched this movie was in college, and it was an introduction to film class. Literally, like a year and a half after the movie was made. Well, there you go. I mean, it's a great f- film to to just see how you could have like twelve. How many different stories are there? One. That's two, I was, yeah, I was trying to count it all out. The different connections that you have. Nine, nine different major relationships that you're following through this movie. At yeah, one. yeah. And it's like I said, it's not linear, kind of jumping through. It's it just so punchy, and it's. I mean, it's so well done, and that's love, actually. It's one of our our favorites, and we hope it becomes yours too. Again, on on wtscpod.com, you can see the screenplay that we reference. Yeah, what uh, what should we do next time? I don't know. I do want to do uh, for the Christmas movie. Uh, it's going to be Die Hard, obviously. Yeah, well, let's uh, see if we can. Uh, uh, but we can't. We don't have to do that one for a couple of weeks. So we want to do in between. Well, okay, we gotten so I threw it out on the the social medias. The medias of getting some. What'd you get? Zero replies. I've gotten. I got a handful. Uh, Super Troopers. Mm, okay. Killer clowns from outer space. Oh man, that was a throwaway vote. Mean, mean girls. Ooh, I like that movie. I love that movie. Argo. Also like that movie. Princess Bride. Oh, Brosif. You've got mail. Okay. And SLC Punk. SLC Punk is like old, like Matthew Lillard SLC Punk. Yeah, Jeez, bro. that was Box Box's <laughs> recommendation. Oh, Salt and Sea. What about that one? Oh damn! I'm throwing that on there. So good. Like, most of the time, whenever there's like a movie and there's people sitting around, and they're like, oh, "We don't know what to watch." It's like, all right, I got some for it. So there's like things like that. Like, I gotta pick the I gotta pick the audience for Primer. Like that one, I gotta like yeah. specifically be like, I think this person would be interested because if you just show it to anybody else, I'm like that's stupid. Yeah. Um, but um, Salt and Sea is always a good one because it's like people are like I've never heard of this fucking movie. I'm like, yeah, but it's fucking good. It is good. Yeah, it is good. Fun. It's kind of fucked up, but it's really it good. is kind of fucked up. Um, but yeah. Well, I mean, I've been I've been on a slew of picking. So you you've been on a slew of picking picking all these movies. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Um. <sighs> Doesn't have to be one from that list. No, there was another another one that a colleague of mine has never seen before. Boondock Saints. Yeah, let's do Boondock, bro. Okay. Yeah, I haven't. I have not seen that movie in a long time. The sequel is garbage. Oh, I never saw that. Oh my god, it's terrible. We got a serial crusher guy. Oh man, <laughs> a big freaking guy. A big freaking guy. Written uh, by Troy Duffy. Yeah, old Duffs. Hey, uh, got one here. Original motion picture screenplay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll send it to you. So next episode, we're, what should I write about? Keep plugging. I mean, you can skip the whole, that part of it. Cause it's just the montage piece of him going through the rest of the high school thing. And then maybe him starting college. Okay. I'll have him start at MIT yeah. and I'll have that relationship in that, that world. 
And I'm going to make it fast as fuck. Yeah. Fast games at MIT. Yeah. Fast and furious. Uh, okay, so next episode, we're going to talk about Peter's um, introduction to MIT and his running into the love of his life. Sarah, last name. It's a weird, it's a weird last name. Insert name. Uh, where he meets his, the love of his life, Sarah, at MIT. And then we'll discuss the 1999 movie. Nineteen ninety nine movie Boondock Saints, written by Troy Duffy. So uh, subscribe to WTSD Pod wherever you get your pod from, wherever wherever your pod dealer. Got <laughs> a pod dealer. <laughs> Apple Pod, Google Pod, Stitcher, Pandora. Not Google um, Music, apparently. Google Music is now dead. R.I.P. Google Music. You now have to do YouTube Music, which makes total sense from Google because now they don't got to pay royalties. So yeah. smart. So smart. Okay. It's, and uh, WTSDpod.com. Um, you can subscribe to our newsletter and we'll, I'll send you an email automatically uh, every time a new episode is made. Or again, you can subscribe anywhere you get, get your pod. It's not a personal email. It's a, or is it a personal email? No. Yeah. I'm, I'm physically typing it. I wake up at two in the morning. <laughs> I used uh, the automated mail service MailChimp for all of your email marketing needs. When you're on a budget, like me, for free. Mailchimp? Mailchimp? Chimp. Chimp. That's good. Monkey news. Monkey news. <laughs> okay, uh, this has been another episode of Write That Shit Down. Thanks for listening. Um, we love you all. See ya. Bye. Bye.